I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Number 30. I've been doing this for 30 weeks. Can you believe it? Uh, I'm your host, Jeremy DeMerchant. And today I want to do a special solo episode because I want to talk about something that I want to make sure that we don't forget. Um, Far too often, we focus when it comes to our own sales. So us as an individual, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're running a sales team of one, two, three, or 30, or even 300, we often can get into the situation where we're focused on just the activity or just the end results that are sales. Um, And although there's nothing wrong with focusing on those things, there's a whole list of other criteria, other data, other stats that you want to pay attention to as you're going through your sales process. So for example, if you have a sales rep that comes on board in your company, and let's just say it's your first one and you say, you know what? here's a list of people that would be my ideal client. Go get them. Right. And this happens quite a bit in small businesses. Um, Unfortunately, we don't get the proper training we need on how to hire um, our first few sales reps. And that's kind of a big deal because not only does it impact our business, it impacts how our clients see us as well. Right. So I want to talk about the things that matter most when it comes to tracking and a mentor of mine, Jaime Gardea, who may or may not be watching this right now, um, he said to, to me, and this wasn't necessarily his quote, but he said it to me first. He said, you need to inspect what you expect. And at the time, he was uh, associate director of an online university that I was at. I was the enrollment manager. And he was talking about data, the numbers, things like where are your prospects coming from? What sources are working for you? What activity is being done? How fast are you following up with people? How is that converting into sales? Right? If you've got someone who is new to your team, um, especially if it's your only sales rep and it's your first sales rep, we need to be talking about activity. Right? Somebody brand new has very little impact over the actual end sale, that final decision that gets made. But what they have 100% control over is the activity that they do day in and day out. So do you want these people sitting back going, I'm going to make a sale. Hmm. Who am I going to call? And it's going to answer. And that one magical call is going to turn into a sale. Or do you want to have your, your new team member have the attitude of let's just get into the motions. Let's just get into activity, right? You've heard the quote motion brings emotion, right? And and momentum, when you start momentum, like it's, it's huge. But when we're stuck in this spot where we're overthinking things, we're not actually doing anything. We're just thinking about it over and over. Nothing happens except we burn away a day, a week, a month. Have you ever been a month behind on where you want to be? Bet you have. And I bet at least part of it was because you were just overthinking and not getting into action. So how do you get a new salesperson into action and how do you measure it? Someone new probably has no idea, especially if they don't have a whole lot of experience. They have no idea what they should be doing and they probably have no idea what you're expecting. 
So we need to make sure we're communicating very, very clearly, right? We can't assume, we take for granted the knowledge we have. There's a good chance that if you are a CEO running your own business in the industry you've been in, you probably have years and years and years experience, which means you can respond to things in a way that a brand new salesperson may never be able to, or at least not without a lot of support. So understand that. Try not to get frustrated with somebody who you feel just isn't doing anything because part of it is they might not know what that is, right? Create a safe place. So the first thing I want to talk about is culture. Okay, we talk about activity and numbers, but the first thing we need to do is make it okay for them to fail. Don't leave them so scared to go and mess up that they don't do anything because they're guaranteed to fail that way, right? But they don't think of it that way. They go, I don't want to make the next wrong move because then I'm going to get in trouble. And they don't realize how it's much better to fail trying things than to fail doing nothing. right? Because at least trying things, you're getting progress, you're getting data, you're getting feedback, things like that. You're learning. So make it okay to fail. And for that to be the case, you need to talk openly about your challenges, about your successes, about the way that you learned as you were going, right? If you're someone that's running a business because you worked as an employee in that same industry at some point for years, tell them how you started. You might have been, you know, you might not have been a salesperson. You might have been in a technician type of role, for example. Um, but what did you learn about the business? What mistakes did you make? Share stories with them, showing them how you messed up and how you were really glad that you did because of where it got you today. Okay, so that's number one, culture. Create the culture of a failing your way to success or create a culture where it's okay to fail. Like get people moving. Don't leave people in a state where they are so paralyzed in fear that they do nothing, okay? So the second part, though, is to hold them accountable. So make sure all the things that you want them to do are clear and not just, hey, I want you to go make calls or, hey, I want you to go knock on doors or we're going to book calls for you. Hey, I want you to um, you know, send a text as soon as the booking gets made to make sure that they got it and let them know that you're a real person and they're more likely to show up, right? And there's lots of other things we can talk about here. But have clear expectation. Give them the step-by-step -step guide. Um, I was speaking to somebody today who, uh, very, very smart lady, and she's she's amazing, and she does marketing. And she reached out and said, look, um, I'm working with a company, and they need some help with sales, and uh, you know, I might need a hand making a script, but is it really that complicated? And the reality is it's not. And for her, she had done sales. She's good at sales. Um, and she took it for granted. And it was a great example because the people on the other side, the client she's working with, they're going, I don't know what to do and I don't want to mess up, so I'm not going to do anything, right? So you need to make it easy for them to move forward. Give them a clear path. No matter what you set out for them, nothing's going to be followed exactly, and that's fine. But I'll tell you, if somebody's sitting there going, oh, I got to make a call, I got to make a call, I don't know what to say, oh my gosh, who's going to answer? What if it's the, uh, you know, the administrative team? Uh, what if it's uh, one of the managers? What if it's the, you know, and the, all this stuff goes through their head. Right. I'm going to share something with you that I don't think I've ever shared on the show and I've shared for with very few people. Um, I used to have super crazy high anxiety and I'd get up in my head about a lot of things and I didn't realize how bad it was 
until I realized that I was 29 years old before I stepped on a public bus. Okay. As in like city transportation. And it was because before that, I just ran things through my head. Like what's going to happen when I get to the door? What if I don't have the right amount of change? Um, what if I hold the line? What if the people behind me get nervous? What if the people sitting there, um, get cold because the door is open because I'm holding everything up. And I just told myself all these stories and people who are doing cold calling for the first time or for the hundredth time, even still have that people who do anything for the first time are likely to have some level of that. Probably not to the extent that I had about getting on a bus, but when I finally stepped on a bus to overcome this, it's because I had to. There's a point in my life where for a summer, I traded in my car for a bicycle and a bus pass. But I used the bus pass because it took away a lot of the fears and questions that I had. I didn't have to worry about how much it was going to be. I didn't have to worry about lines. I didn't have to worry about anything. That got me through the majority of my concern. So what can you do to create a bus pass for the people in your company? What can you do from a scripting perspective, from a process perspective, give them the step-by-step roadmap. And you might think, well, Jeremy, if I make the roadmap, I might as well do it myself. You could, but you shouldn't. Because your role as a business owner is to run the business, not do the sales. Now, every conversation you have, connections you make, partnerships you create, it's all sales conversations, and you're going to continue to do that. But the core sales function in your business is one, although it's very, very valuable. In fact, someone argued the most valuable role in the company. There's a point that if you want to grow, that you need to allow somebody else to help you. So you need to think about what's that process look like. So if you haven't brought on your first sales rep yet, map out your process. What's the experience that people go through? Record your calls and map it out. Transcribe the calls. What are the common questions you're getting? What's the flow that you take people through? What's the experience that you create in those calls? Because it's working. If you've been a business, um, I actually once had a business reach out to me who said uh, they'd been around for, I don't know, 50 years. And they said that uh, they didn't have a sales process. I said, what? <laughs> and uh, and if you're watching, uh, <laughs> sorry, but this is how I reacted. Uh, because if you survived 50 years, you have a sales process, I promise you. It might not be a solid one. You might not have mapped it out, but somehow sales are getting made in some form of consistency. It's probably not to the volume you want if you're calling me, but it's happening. So all you need to do is pay attention to it and see what's working and see what's not and trim it. That's it. Like not to oversimplify. I know, you know this company was going to pay me a good chunk of money to come in and do consulting, but you don't need that much help. Initially, okay, you just want to look at the process, figure out what's working and what's not. Then bring in someone to coach the people to help you um, make the process more efficient and optimize it, okay? But step one, in any kind of sales process, whether it's for your team, whether it's you're designing it for a, a CRM, a client relationship management software, or whatever, map out the process. You want somebody to do cold calls, map out a script. What happens when this happens, right? What do I do when this happens? I pick up the phone, I dial. It's a little self-explanatory. That's cool. Um, and if you can have a system that dials for them, even better. 
But at the dial, something's going to happen, right? Either somebody's going to pick up or they're going to get no answer or they're going to get a voicemail. They're more likely to get voicemails depending on the time of day and if the company they're calling has a dedicated person on the phones. Um, and if they get a voicemail, what do they do? What's the, what's the script for the voicemail they leave? What's the strategy behind it? If somebody answers, who do they ask for? Is there a specific person um, that you can ask for by name? Or are you asking by a role? Have you done research in advance so you can say, hey, I'm looking for Jane, Jane Smith? Or are you saying, who's the person that handles the acquisition for whatever? Right? Are you hunting for the person? Or can you get that information by research and then be more specific? And then you can focus on how do you get them more effectively? How do you um, get the, you know, the person that answers the phone, the, the gatekeeper, which I hate that term, but that's what people call them. Um, how do you get them to be on your side and become your advocate for making the connection? Right? You can go through all that stuff after the fact. But first, if you're struggling with your sales team, you've got people that aren't doing what they need to do. One, create the culture to make it okay to fail. Number two, map out exactly what you want them to do. And I mean exactly, right? The calls, the scripts, the voicemail scripts, the frequency you want them to call. If, you, if you're cold calling, and you're trying to get a hold of somebody, man, think about this. Don't think about um, all the negative things that are going through the person's head on the other side of the phone because you don't know them. Uh, you can... And one thing that I like to say, and this is a quote from a friend of mine, Lorianne, you don't want to write their story, right? Don't write their story. Assume if you're calling someone, you need to be in a place where you are fully in full belief. You've drinking the Kool-Aid. You're in full belief that when you connect with somebody, you have something that can help them. You might need to speak to the right person to make, to, to prove that. You might need to learn some more information to prove that. You might need to identify the real challenges, right? But if you're going to go, ah, this is the perfect fit for the right person, let's go see if you're the right person. Not, how am I going to get a sale, right? So map out that process so that people can do that, that your team can do that. And then you can focus on, you know, once you have the process built, how many calls do you want them doing? What area do you have them targeting? Is there a specific type of account you want them to call? I know this is a lot about business development and less about necessarily sales, but business development is sales, right? We want to go out and we, we want to do whatever we can to, to create these opportunities. Some companies have formalized roles that do, do business development separate than actual people that, that jump on the phone and close the sales and separate from people that, that manage the accounts. That's cool too. If you're a small business watching this, there's a good chance that you don't have the, the space, the time, the resources to hire three separate people for three separate roles, train every single one of them exactly what the role is, what the scripts are going to be, what the processes are going to be. Some of it's going to have to be intuitive, but the more you can document now and the more you can put in place for your reps, the better you're going to be. And the better your company is going to be and the better your team's going to be. And as a result, the better experience your clients and your future clients are going to have. Okay. So when we're talking about the activity, be really clear and measure everything. You want people to, out, to, to do outreach. How many calls are they doing? How many messages are they sending to people on Facebook, on LinkedIn? How many emails are they sending? 
what other things are they doing? How many Facebook posts have they done promoting to their personal network if that's appropriate for what you're doing? What other platforms can they connect on? How many text messages have they sent if they know the people, right? So think about all these things and set a goal, set a measurement and a goal because you might want to generate an extra $10,000, $20,000, $30,000, $100,000, whatever this month. And that's fine. But somebody new coming in to to do the calls, to do your sales, that number seems huge and they have no idea how to get there. Create that path, create that yellow brick road for them to walk down And when they get to the wizard, which is your sales conversation, they're going to be in a lot better spot. Okay. Don't get them lost along this yellow brick road, being distracted by all the obstacles that come, right? Make it a a clear path, step by step, this brick, then this brick, then this brick. These are the ones you walk on. And then they get to the wizard and the magic happens. All right, guys. So that's it for today. Um, this is episode 30 of sales team rescue. And I realized I don't take nearly, nearly as many sips of coffee in a solo episode. Um, so a couple things, one, uh, love to see the comments below these live, um, love to have feedback and reviews. If you're listening to the podcast and, um, also let me see, I want you to go to salesteamrescue.com. Can I put this on the screen? Let's see, huh? I normally have this ready. Boom. Salesteamrescue.com for two things. One, to get a link to always come to Headspace TV to see all the live episodes when we're doing them live on video. Actually, it's three things. <laughs> two, to catch past episodes. So replays from last week and the week before and the week before. Guys, we are 30 weeks in. We've got fresh content every single episode. This is awesome. You can start at episode one um, with Mitch Russo and still get blown away. Um, I've had amazing guests all through this journey, and we are not going to stop. This is my straight path uh, out of 2019. I know I'm not supposed to date myself on these episodes, but... Uh, and we're going right into 2020, ready to rock and roll. Um, so go to Sales Team Rescue. Also, if you would like a sales team blueprinting session with me, directly with me, complimentary, 15 minutes, book your call at salesteamrescue.com. We will go through and assess where you're at, whether you're brand new, need your first sales rep, or you've got a team and you need to grow or things are just aren't working. Come book a call. Let's chat. Okay, you, you may not realize this. Before I launched my own business, uh, I was running sales teams for online universities, and we were doing in the, the range of $1.35 million a month. So let me use what I've learned from the big guys. I've worked for the biggest uh, private, for-profit online university in North America, and they could be the biggest in the world. Uh, an online university that had the largest program of its kind in Canada, Worked for the largest bank in the country, largest insurance company in the country. Guys, let me use my experience with the big guys to help level the playing field and implement the same concepts and tools and strategies in your business. So you can have sales teams that absolutely rocks. You've got systems to support them and do what it takes 
to get your sales team to the level you need it to be for your life, for your business, and for the lives of your entire team and every single client or customer you have. Okay, guys, my name is Jeremy DeMerchant. I am your host. We'll see you next week on Sales Team Rescue, 2 p.m. Eastern, every single Wednesday. Remember, guys, salesteamrescue.com. Cheers. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.